Hello and welcome to Day 3 Live, the live broadcast of Sunday morning service at Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. You can learn more about our ministry at day3church.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash d3church. We're glad you chose to listen today. We believe that God is waiting to speak to you. If you have any questions about today's message, please contact us. We're here to help. Now sit back and join us for the next few minutes. It's Day 3 Live, and it starts right now. Good morning. You'll take your Bible and join with me in Psalm 28, verse 7. That's where we'll be in just a few moments. Um, I am seated today instead of standing up. Sometimes I just do it for a change-up. However, I'm doing it today intentionally for this reason. Uh, I had to go see an orthopedic doctor on Thursday and have about 50 cc of fluid taken off my left knee. don't know exactly what I did except getting old, okay? Uh, so uh, I am going to sit down today during the uh, message, and I've got another appointment on the 14th of January to see another orthopedic doctor. So uh, hopefully they won't need to do anything beyond the shots they've already done if you pray to that end for me, I would appreciate it. Um, Before we get into the verse, I think we need to celebrate something this morning before we even start looking at our passage of Scripture, and that is this. 2020 is over with, and you made it through it. Amen? So, you know, if you think about all the ups and the downs, all the difficulties, all the weird stuff, strange stuff, pandemic, and everything else, you know, elections and stuff in in, in 2020, uh, just the fact that you're here and you're breathing, that ought to be something to celebrate. Uh, The thing about it is now we're facing a new year called 2021, as it kind of alluded to last week. We don't know what it might hold. I don't know the future. You don't know the future. But as you've heard other people well say before, we do know the one that holds the future. Amen? And that's why we're doing this series called Trust, because we need to have our trust in Him. The title of the message today is going to sound a little bit like a mathematical or a chemical equation to start with to you. Uh, And it's this, trust in heart equals power, protection, and praise. And I think you'll understand that more as we look at the verse. We're going to look at one verse, verse 7. The heading for Psalm 28 in most Bibles says something like this, the Lord is my strength and my shield. That's the way verse 7 starts out. So we need to remember that as we face unforeseen things, difficulties in this coming year. Remember that the Lord is your strength and your shield if, in fact, you have faith in Him. The reason for this psalm, we don't know because we're not given any information about it in the heading to Psalm 28 like we are in some other psalms. For instance, the one we looked at last week gave us a context and information we don't know. But as you read the first few verses, before you get to verse 7, you can tell this. You can tell that David was worried or concerned about some evildoers, what they were doing. And he was also concerned about the evildoers, their deeds affecting he himself. Now, to me, that sounds like a perfect context for us. We live in a culture that there are a lot of evildoers doing evil. Amen? And we need to be concerned that what they're doing does not impact us because it very well could. Now, with that being David's concern, he moves from being concerned to make this amazing statement of faith. And here's what he says in verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give him thanks. So in this one verse I see a trust in heart. 
And because of this trust in heart, I see power or strength. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my power. And I see protection. The Lord is my shield or the Lord is my protection. And I see there's a reason for us to give praise because the Lord has helped us as was true of David. I want you to notice three strategic truths that hopefully you can cling to in the coming year, whatever circumstances may arise as you're living your life in 2021 or even beyond that. Here's the first strategic truth. The heart trusting in God has His power. Not our own power, not our own abilities, but the heart trusting in God has His power. Let's look at verse 7. Not all the verse, but I'm going to pull out just part of it to start with. The Lord is my strength, dot, dot, dot. In Him my heart trusts and I am helped. In other words, because God is our strength, if we'll allow Him to be so. We, we can trust in Him fully with our heart, and by doing so, we receive help from Him. Now, notice four things in this part of verse 7. Notice to begin with who God is. It says the Lord. Now, that might sound oversimplified to you, and even the definition I give you, you've probably heard from me enough that you're going to know what it is before I say it. But the phrase here for the Lord in the Hebrew means He's a self-existent, eternal God. Now, the reason I think that's important for us to focus upon is this. No one ever created God. God never had a beginning. He's self-existent. He's eternal, so He'll never have an end either. So if you're looking for someone to trust in, how about putting your faith and trusting in the one that's always been and always will be? Amen? He'll always be there for you to put your trust in. So that's who the Lord is. But look who God should be to us. Because it says, the Lord is my strength. Now, the phrase there, my strength, means strength in a lot of various ways. It means God's your, your, your force, your ability, your security. The root word means to be stout. So if you want to be stout, uh, especially spiritually in your life and emotionally in your life, you need to be trusting in God. You need to allow God to be the one that gives you the strength that you need to face whatever it is may come your way. We should trust God as our strength, not trust in ourselves, as I said a moment ago, but trust in God. Now, listen to why I'm going to phrase this, in God who is strength. Now, now the reason I phrase it like that, the Hebrew, when you look at this in the Hebrew, the word is, when it says the Lord is my strength, the word is doesn't exist. It's in italics when you look at the original Hebrew. And that simply means this. That means the English translators added it in, trying to make it read more like we're used to. But guys, I like the way it reads in the Hebrew. Instead of saying the Lord is my strength in the Hebrew, it simply says this, the Lord my strength. Doesn't that sound stronger to you? I mean, it's not, it's not even up for debate whether he is your strength or is he your strength. Just the Lord my strength. And, and as you live your life in 2021, as we face circumstances that we don't know what they might be, you need to remind yourself this, the Lord, my strength. That's simply who he is. And you need to trust him in that way. Well, look at what our hearts need to do. It, the Bible said there, in him, <clears throat> my heart trust. The phrase in the Hebrew, in him, talks about place, but it doesn't talk about movement or motion. Now, now, here's the significance of that. <laughs> you view yourself as being in Him, no matter what's going on. We are to be in Him. We're to never be moving away from Him. We're simply to be in Him. 
and allow being in Him to be enough for whatever it is we're facing in our lives and in our world. We're to be in Him. Our hearts need to trust in Him. In Him, I shall put my trust, my heart trust in Him. The word heart's the same word we've seen several times in this series. It really means your emotions, your intellect, all that you are. So in Him, in God, our, our hearts, all that we are is to trust. We're to run to Him for refuge, for protection. We're to urgently seek Him. We're to confide in Him. We're to be bold and secure in Him. We're just to have this mindset, guys, in Him is where I need to be. No matter what I'm going through, in Him, He's my place, and I'm going to place my trust in Him. No matter what's going on in my life, I'm going to place my trust in Him. Notice the fourth thing before we move on. We've noticed who God is. He's the eternal, self-existent God. We've noticed who God should be to us. The Lord is my strength. We've noticed what our hearts need to do. In Him, my heart trusts. Notice the results of doing that, the results of a heart trusting in God. David writes these words, and I am helped. Because God is our shield, because God is our strength, because God is the one that we can fully trust when we do so, when we trust in Him, it says, and I am helped. The, the word used there in the, in the Hebrew is kind of an interesting word because it, it means that you're surrounded by God. That's the kind of help you have from Him. You know what our tendency is? Our tendency is to be surrounded by our circumstances. We look at what's going on in the news. We hear what's going on in our world. And maybe we get fearful and we get worried. And it seems to us that all this junk in the world, all the circumstances are surrounding us. When in reality, if you know Christ is your Savior, you're not surrounded by your circumstances. You're surrounded by God. He, he's the one that is surrounding you. He's the one that's protecting you. He's the one that is that's giving you the, the help that you need in, in your life. So the, the second main thing I want you to see is this. First, strategic truth is my heart trusting in God gives me his power. He is my strength. The second main strategic truth to hold on to in this coming year is this. The heart trusting in God not only has his power, but has his protection. Look back at the verse. The Lord is dot, dot, dot. Now let's pick up on what I skipped a moment ago. My shield. My shield. In Him my heart trusts and I am helped. Same Lord, same self-existent, eternal God. He's not just our strength, but He's also our shield. A shield is something you use to protect yourself. It was used in the Hebrew to talk about a protector. It was even used to talk about the, uh, refer to the scaly hide on a crocodile because that thick hide on a crocodile gives it protection. God is our shield is what we're being told here. David is saying, God is my shield of protection. God is my protector. God is like that thick hide of an alligator protecting it from all the bumps and bruises and everything that it might face in its life. God is the one that, that hedges about me because the root word for shield also means to hedge about. It gives the same thought we had a moment ago, God surrounding you. Well, here he gives the thought of God putting a hedge of protection around you. God is our shield in that way. A lot of times when you think of the way a shield is used, if you've seen a shield in a war movie or something like that, the, uh, uh, the old way they, they, they used to, to, to fight, uh, looked like to me it took a higher degree of, uh, 
of uh, confidence or whatever to fight the way they used to. You've seen the things like in Braveheart and things like that where they storm the field and everyone's all around, you know, each other and there's shields and swords and everyone's cutting this way and that way. It's not like you're standing off in the distance with a computer and you send a missile at somebody. But here he gives the idea of the shield not just being like you see in those battle scenes or where you put the shield in the direction that you see the attack coming from. No, you have this mindset. God is a shield that's all around me. God is protecting me on all sides. See, the Bible talks of God being a shield to those who trust in him early on in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. God had called Abram to leave his homeland and go out to a place that God was going to show him. God didn't even tell him where it was going to be. And Abram could have been very concerned about what he might face and what he might go through. So God said this to him in chapter 15 of Genesis verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. He's telling Abram, Hey, listen to my word. Follow me. Go where I want you to go. I'm going to be the shield that you need as you go. God also referred to himself as being a shield to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 33, verse 29. He said, Blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. Now, don't just apply that to Israel. Yes, God had saved this nation of Israel. But guess what? If you know Christ as your Savior, God saved you. Amen. He has redeemed us. Well, what is, a, what is a people like us? Because we've been saved by the Lord, who is the shield of your help. That's who God is for us. And the sword of your majesty. And then notice what it says. So your enemies will cringe before you, and you'll tread upon their high places. Now, when I read that, you may be thinking about all the circumstances of this past year, or everything you see in the news, and how bad things might look. And you may be asking yourself, well, why aren't our enemies cringing before us? It says it's supposed to, at least that's what God said to Israel. Maybe here's the reason. Maybe we're not allowing God to be our shield like we ought to be. Maybe we're not raising up our shield and trusting in Him as we should trust in Him. David himself alluded to God being his shield many times in the Psalms. In Psalm 3, verse 3, he said, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me. The same thought. Not just a shield in front of me, but a shield about me. God, you're protecting me. You're surrounding me. You are my protection all the way around my life. My glory and the one who lifts my head. Psalm 18, verse 2. Look at all the things David calls God. The Lord is my rock, in other words, your foundation, and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, in the horn of my, in the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And then later on in that same chapter in Psalm 18, verse 30, David writes these words, as for God, his way is blameless. Y'all say amen right there. God never, ever makes a mistake. His way is always blameless. The word of the Lord is tried, and it's always true. He is a shield. Notice how this is phrased. He, talking about God, it is a shield to all who take refuge in him. In other words, guys, we need to move beyond just saying God is a shield or, or, or God is my strength. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to rely upon it. 
It's one thing to believe that God is your shield, that he's your protection. It's another thing to take refuge in him. He's a shield to you if you take refuge in him. There's an active part on our side to where we have to allow God to be our refuge, take refuge in God, and by doing so, he becomes our shield all around us, as David said a moment ago. In most of the battle scenes that I've seen on TV before, the person will have a, a shield, but most of the time the person also has what back here? They have not just a defensive weapon, they have an offensive weapon, don't they? A sword, a spear, you know, something like that, you know. Get in your mind that big, big old sword that uh, uh, was in Braveheart, you know. I'm sorry, I keep coming back to one of my favorite movies. I'm doing it for a friend of mine sitting back here who grew up in Scotland, you know, so... But they'd have a shield to protect themselves from the blows of the enemy, but they would have a sword to cut through the enemy and to try and make it through to a victory. Well, the the Bible in Hebrews chapter 12 talks about the Word of God being a sword. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Maybe view your life like this in this coming year as you face difficult circumstances. You feel like maybe the enemy is attacking you. And if you don't believe the enemy is not attacking, you're not watching the news or listening or paying attention to what's going on in our world very much. The enemy is attacking But what you need to do is allow the Lord to be your shield that's protecting you all around. And at the same time, you need to allow the Word of God to be your sword and allow the Word of God to help you cut through whatever the enemy is trying to throw your way. Allow the Word of God to help you make the right choices, make the right decisions, get through to the victory that you need in your life because you have God as your shield and you have His Word as your sword to help you make it through. So in the coming year, think of God like that as being your your shield and also your sword. Third main strategic truth I want you to see as you think about making it through the coming year. You need to view God as your power, as being your strength. You need to view God as being your protector, your protection, because the Lord is also my shield is what David says. And by trusting Him that way, we get help from Him. But the third thing, and the last thing I want us to focus on this morning is this. The heart trusted in God has reasons to give Him praise. We have a reason to praise Him. Now, David, in verse 7, let's read all of it together. Building up to verse 7, he was concerned about the evil in the world and how the evil in the world might affect him. But then David says this, the Lord is my strength and the Lord is my shield and him my heart trusts and I am helped. And then as a result of God being his strength and his shield and him trusting in God and God being his help, here's what David says, my heart exalts and with my song, I give thanks to him. Irregardless of what David was worried about, the circumstances of his world, the, the, the wrongdoers and how the wrongdoers might affect him, what they were doing, 
Now he breaks forth in praise and he's saying, because I trusted God as my strength and my shield, I trusted him with my heart and he has helped me. Because of that, I'm going to give praise to him. My heart's going to be joyful. I'm going to sing a song of thanksgiving to him. So I want to ask you three questions based upon what David said at the last part of this verse. Here's question number one. What are your personal reasons to give God praise? What are your personal reasons to give God praise? Not what's the reason you have to praise God because of what he's done for somebody else. What are your personal reasons? Look at the way David put that. My heart. My heart exalts. My heart. The, the, the word exalts there in the Hebrew means that with my heart, the very center of all that I am, I'm, I'm jumping for joy. I'm being joyful. I'm rejoicing. I'm greatly rejoicing is what the word means. So what I'm asking you to do right now before we get to what's really going to be an extended invitation, we're going to have uh, at least one extra song than what we normally have because I want to give you the opportunity to do what we're saying here. I want you to evaluate right now what God has done for you and what personal reasons you have to, you have to give God praise. Reflect upon your life. How has God answered prayers? How has God blessed you? What reasons do you have for your heart to give God praise? And before anyone that might be really discouraged and depressed, because a lot of people are like that with the way this year has been going, before anyone says, well, I, I really don't have any reason to give God praise, I want to remind you of something. You're here and you're breathing. And if you know Christ as your Savior, I want to remind you of this. You've got the ultimate reason of all time to be rejoicing and have joy in your heart because God cared enough for you to send His own Son to be nailed to a cross in your place and fully pay the price for you and be buried in your grave and take His life back up on the other side of it to prove He had defeated Satan, the devil, hell, whatever you want to add to it. He's won the victory. You've got a reason to give praise. Second question I want to ask you is this. Are you living a life of praise toward God that others hear? <laughs> so not just praising your heart that no one knows about. He goes, look what else David said there. And with my song, people hear a song. Amen. A song is audible. A song is something that you might sing to God, but other people are going to hear. When David said it here, in the, he used a Hebrew word for my song or singing. The, the root word means a, a strolling minstrel. You might have seen that in a movie before, especially like a, a medieval movie or something where there's this traveling minstrel and he's walking from town to town, place to place, and he's playing and he's just singing wherever he goes. Guys, that's a picture of who we ought to be because of what Christ has done for us. Wherever you go, you've got a song to sing. Wherever you go, you've got a reason to give praise. The same word was also used to talk about a, a merchant that was traveling from place to place, and he had merchandise that he needed to sell. You understand we are also supposed to be like a merchant? If you know Christ as your Savior, you've got merchandise, the most important merchandise in the world that you need to be telling other people about. You've got the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of what he's done for us, you ought to be living a life of praise toward God that others hear. 
One last question. Are you giving thanks to God? Because David closed out this one verse we're looking at this morning with these simple words, I give thanks to him. He uses a word for giving thanks that means to throw out the hand. (laughs) You'll see people sometimes as we are doing worship songs and they are throwing out the hand. Don't worry about them. They're coming up here to play music so you can throw out the hand, okay? Because of what God has done for us, we ought to think about these words that we sing in these praise songs. You don't just stand there and watch the band play like it's some kind of performance or concert. In your heart, you're supposed to be responding to God for what He has done for you. In your heart, as you sing and as you worship, you're giving thanks to God. It's like you're visibly throwing out a hand of praise. The the same word was used for throwing a stone. Months ago, we saw this same word in a different context, in in a different message. And I ask you then to do this. Whatever's going on in your life, here's what you ought to do. You ought to throw a stone of worship right in the middle of it. It meant to shoot an arrow. Whatever's going on in your life, you ought to shoot an arrow of praise right in the middle of all the negative circumstances that's going on in your life. Just go ahead and throw out a stone of worship, shoot an arrow of praise, extend your hands to him, and be thankful for all that he's done for you. Because David said, I I give thanks to him. I try not to use this example for joyful singing, but because I referred to it last week, but I couldn't get away from it. So evidently God wanted me to visit it again. Here's one example of joyful singing that took place in the life of the nation of Israel. David and King Saul are coming back home after David had defeated Goliath that we talked about some last week. Here's what verse 6 of 1 Samuel 18 tells us. As they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with songs of joy, and with musical instruments. Now, here's the context of that. David had killed a big human being that looked like a giant. And they're all kinds of excited, dancing, playing musical instruments, singing, jumping for joy because of what David had done in killing this giant. David is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And our Savior Jesus has killed a much bigger giant than just some human being that looked intimidating. He went to the cross. He fully paid for our sins. He defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated Satan. And if those people in that day had a reason to rejoice and be happy because of what David had done by killing a giant, how much more should we rejoice and be happy? No matter what our circumstances are, we still have a reason to rejoice and be thankful because of what Christ has done for us. We ought to view ourselves as traveling minstrels with a song to sing about Jesus. We ought to view ourselves as traveling merchants with merchandise of the gospel to share for others to hear. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And our our team is going to come out and lead us in a couple of songs.
David started out Psalm 28 worried about the evil that was going on in his world. But he winds up changing from sobbing and being worried to singing. David turned a painful experience of whatever was going on in his life and his world in that day and time into a song of praise. And as David turned his painful experience into a song of praise, he gives us an example for us to follow. That no matter what's going on in our world, we still have a reason to praise God. He, if you know him as your Savior, he is your strength. He is your shield. You need to trust in him with all of your heart, and he will help you. And then you need to render thanksgiving and praise to him. Father, if there's anyone listening online this morning or gathered with us in this room that has never trusted Christ the Savior, I pray you give them the faith they need right now to trust in Jesus. Lord, we admit it's been a difficult year faced with different trials and issues that we've had come before us. But God, with faith, we can recognize that none of these things have taken you off guard or by surprise. And Lord, no matter what we're going through, if we have faith in you, we have the power we need because you're our strength to make it through. We have the protection we need all around us because you're a shield that surrounds us to face whatever we're facing in our lives, whatever may come this year. And Lord, as we put our trust in you with our heart, you will help us. We find help by trusting in you. And we ought to give you thanks. The Father, if there's anyone that doesn't know Christ, draw them to you this morning. But Father, those of us that know you, help us right now to be reminded of all you've done for us. And help us, in spite of our circumstances, to sing songs of thanksgiving to you this morning. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm going to be down here at the front, but I'm going to ask you please to stand. And as I alluded to a minute ago, don't just listen to them. I want you to think about what God has done for you. I want you to think about the reasons why in your heart you have to rejoice. You have to give Him praise. You have to give Him thanksgiving. And you let that be your focus during these two songs. I'll be back in a few minutes. If you need me, I'll be here at the front. Are you in need of greater peace in your life? It is possible, and it starts with being at peace with God. Just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I realize I need you and your forgiveness. I invite you to be the boss of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to talk to you. We're here to pray with you, to love you, and offer support please contact us at day3church.com. We care about you and we want to connect with you. Until next time, this is Pastor John reminding you that God is greater than your circumstances and his mercies are new every morning. It's time to experience a new day in your life.